some things to help you get through what we're going through. How many know we're in a really critical time right now on the planet, and things could really turn? I'm not just Ukraine, but there's just all kinds of things going on right now. Um, I, I've, I've just not even been, I've been trying not to even watch the news, but I felt the Lord nudge me to watch it the other day. I'm like, oh my. <laughs> Um, I, I don't have time to get into it, but we we really we really have got to pray. I think nations are going are realigning and going in all kinds of directions, and there's some serious stuff going on. But uh, God's church stands regardless of what happens in the world. This world's been worse, and it seems like the church always gets better. What we must do is make space for Jesus. It's not enough to just repent. That gets you to heaven, obviously. Ask Jesus into your life. That's good. But it's more, there's more to it than just being in his house. We have to learn how to take up the presence. Sister Joyce preached Oh, a powerful message. I'm talking about Friday night. I know, I know every time she preaches, it's powerful. But, uh, and I'm so tempted. I told her she better preach it quick or I'm going to steal it. That Odem Edom thing, and oh, man, I want to preach that so bad. Where is Joyce? I want to see. Yeah, she's giving me the stink eye or not. Okay. She said, she said go. No, I, I want to. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. But we, we've got to learn how to be presence carriers, not, not just living in the house kind of thing. Luke chapter 9 give us, gives us an interesting thing here. Luke chapter 9 and verse 57 and 58. Now, it happened as they journeyed on the road. It doesn't even say where they are. They're just on the road, right? They're just on, on the road again, and there they go. That someone said to him, Lord... I will follow you wherever you go. Most of us said that when we got saved. And we lied. Oh, you're going to be that way. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his now, I believe this has a spiritual dimension to it. It's more than just the fact that Jesus never preached in a church. <laughs> Jesus never had a church building. Jesus, Jesus never preached in the same town. He's constantly moving around. People followed him wherever he went. But he had no home base. He, had, he didn't have a home. Now, we usually just think about how poor he is, but actually, actually, the disciples, you know, old Judas was motivated. I mean, women, uh, quite, quite a bit of money. I got ahead of myself. <laughs> they did that too, kind of. They, there were a lot of wealthy women 
that contributed to Jesus's ministry. So I don't know that that I don't know that this is so much about a lack of money as much as a as much as a challenge to this guy because we all want to walk in the glory. And we all want to think, you know, oh, this is the great life, and I want to be called and chosen, and, and I, you know, I want to do great things for God. But I want you to understand something. Not everyone who wants to be called gets up being chosen. How many know that's true? Many are called. Few are chosen. That's, that's kind of a disturbing scripture. But Jesus is saying, listen, even the birds and the foxes have a place to lay their head at night, but I have nowhere to lay my head. And what if by head he also means I have no place to lay my authority? I have no place. Wow. Nobody will give me a place to be Lord in their life. Everyone wants me to be Savior, but nobody's giving me room to be Lord. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 4 talks about this. No one elects himself to this honored position. He's called to it by God. Grandma can't call you. The church can't call you. I can't call you. The church confirms the calling in your life, but the church can't call you. I can't call you. And newsflash, you can't call yourself. As bad as you want to be this, that, or the other, you're just going to have to wait until Jesus says, this is what I want you to do. Okay, so you're called by God as Aaron was. Neither did even Christ presume to set himself up as high priest, but was set apart by the one who said to him, you're my son. He, my God, he went to the baptism. He went to the Jordan and a voice came out of heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We need a voice from heaven that declares who we are in God. We talk about finding your purpose and your destiny. We're not talking about finding the, the, the good thing you want to do. We're talking about you finding the good thing God wants you to do. Wow. Today I celebrate you. In another place, God declares you're a priest forever in the royal order of Melchizedek. Verse 8. While he lived on earth anticipating death, Jesus cried out in pain and wept in sorrow as he offered up priestly prayers to God because he honored God the Father. God answered him, though he was God's son. He learned obedience, trusting obedience by what he... Did you catch that? Jesus had to learn something? Jesus. I know some of you, most of you are too smart for Sunday school anymore. Oh, y'all, y'all just being uncooperative. <laughs> then having arrived at the full stature of his maturity and having been announced by God as high priest in the order of Melchizedek, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who believingly obey him. Notice he couldn't offer eternal salvation until he learned how to trust and obey. 
Anybody getting this? A true disciple must be willing to let go of almost everything. I remember, I remember when I got into the Navy and we went to boot camp. Anybody, how many have been to boot camp? Raise your hand, you've been to boot camp. You know what that is. All right. And look at you, you're still alive after all that. Yeah, boot camp. And, and, and the sailors were crying for their mama. They were homesick. They wanted this. They wanted that. Y'all are hemming me in here. And I remember what my drill sergeant used to say when they say, I need more letters from home. I need, I need to call my mama. Sailor! Open your sea bag. Do you see your mama in your sea bag? <laughs> no, sir, no. Then you do not need your mama. Everything you need is in that sea bag. And I don't care what they cried over, they'd always say, Sailor! Open your sea bag. Do you see that in your sea bag? No, sir, you don't need it. I believe when we got saved, Jesus gave us a sea bag. And everything we need to live and prosper and be successful in this life is in the sea bag. Hallelujah. You don't need this. You don't need that. You don't need all that other stuff to be happy. Just look in your sea bag. Hallelujah. By the way, your sea bag is the word of God. And everything you need is in the word of God. Everything else needs to be gotten rid of and pushed aside in Jesus' name. Somebody praise him in out. Bye-bye, clutter. Come on, say it with me. Bye-bye, clutter. Whoo, I should dismiss you right now. I like what the song says. We must be willing to clear out the clutter for the one that matters. The question always is this, what really matters in your life? And that's what you got to hang on to. I mean, Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside, say lay aside. Say it again. Every weight, say every weight. And the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us. Come on, church. Let us what? Let us run. Not crawl. How many believe I How long do you think I could do this? <laughs> let us run with endurance the race that is set. Aren't you glad your race is set? The course has already been predetermined, church. Every obstacle, every demon, every doubt, every fear, everything that, that's coming your way, I have a newsflash for you. It's already set. He knows it's there, and he's found a way for you to get around it. 
man, it's hard to preach with all this clutter up here. <laughs> Some of you don't know what I'm doing. Listen, Jesus is looking for a place to lay his headship. He's not interested in just being Savior. He's looking for a church that will make him Lord. He's looking for a household that will make him Lord. He's looking for someone that's, but listen, you, he, he can't fill your life as long as you're filled with all the clutter of this life. Uh, somebody hearing me. Some decisions have, this is a simple message, but if you get it, it'll change everything. If we can finally get to the point where we, we make some decisions and say, you know what? Not only this may or may not be hindering me, but I don't really need it. And I'm not just talking about physical things. They're, they're just, they're spiritual things. They're, they're, I mean, I mean there's, there, there's mental things. There's financial things. There's all kinds of stuff that if we just make up our mind, maybe we could get rid of some of the clutter. You know, listen, I could spend whole, I could make a whole list of clutter, but if I make a list and I don't hit your clutter, then you'll be like, whoosh. So I'm not going to make a list of all the clutter, there's all different kinds of clutter, but you know what's cluttering your life. You know what's taking up your time. You know what you're spending your energy on. You know what you're spending your money on. I'm glad I got a few amens. You know what you're spending so much of life on, and when it gets down to the end, you know, no one's going to say, I wish I had more clutter. You can't take it with you. So you need to sense, but you can't take it with you, but you can't send things ahead. Someone said, I, I, I never saw a hearse with a U-Haul trailer. And then someone saw it on the news the other day. Someone actually had a U-Haul trailer behind a hearse. Unbelievable. But regardless of how many trailers you have, you can't take it. You can't take it with you. Matthew chapter 12. When a defiling spirit is expelled from someone. This is a fun scripture. It drifts along through the desert looking for an oasis. Demons, for whatever the reason, defiling spirits, they want to be somewhere. They want a space. I don't know why that is. Remember when they were cast out and then they were then they begged to be cast into the pigs. Just give me a body. Just give me something that I can occupy. And the pigs ran over the cliff. <laughs> Even pigs have enough sense. He <laughs> said, so now why would they jump into the water? Because demons can't swim. All right, anyway. <laughs> It drifts along the desert looking for an oasis. Some unsuspecting soul, it can be devil. 
When it doesn't find anyone, it says, hmm, I'll go back to my old haunt. <laughs> on, on, on returning, it finds the person, watch this, spotlessly clean, but vacant. You can be clean, but empty. It then runs out and rounds up seven other spirits. Misery loves companionship. Other spirits more evil than itself, and they all move in, whooping it up. That person ends up far worse off than if he'd never gotten cleaned up in the first place. That's what this generation is like. You, you, may, you may think you have cleaned out the junk from your lives and gotten ready for God, but you weren't hospitable to my kingdom message, and now all the devils are moving back in. Okay, have I scared you sufficiently? I know I freaked some of you out. Because we have to, what we, what we need above all things, even above, I mean, forgiveness is necessary, foundational. But beyond forgiveness, we need the habitation. Too many Christians are all about visitation. We come to church to get a visitation. I come to church to feel better. I come to church to get my prayers answered. I, I came to church for the pastor to lay his hand on me and get and, and be healed. I, 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 I went, you know, I, I listen to this music. I do this once in a while. Uh, I, I fast once in a while. I pray once in a while so I can feel something once in a while. That's called visitation. It's real. It's wonderful. But there's so much more than visitation. There's habitation. And I want the habitation. I don't want a guest God. I want a God living in me day and night, every day of the week, every hour of the day, every minute of the hour. Somebody agree with me. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. We need a habitation. Listen, that's what discipleship does. Because you have to be trained. Jesus learned. Say, Jesus learned. These are things you have to learn how to do. You, you don't have to learn a whole lot to get saved, but you do have to learn something to get the habitation of God. And that's, what, that's why we need small groups. That's why we need discipleship. That's why we need to go on with him and learn of him and not just seek blessings, but seek wisdom. Seek knowledge. Seek what we need. My God, hallelujah. You need to become hospitable to the message. Not just clean, but full. This is an amazing thought I had the other day. Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, if God was willing, if Jesus was willing to live in a stable, he's willing to live in you. If he was willing to be born in a stable, he's willing to be born in you. 
Maybe that's why he was born there, to let everybody know, regardless of your station in life, regardless of what you look like, regardless of where you've been, regardless of how you're hurting, regardless of what you've done, hallelujah, your life might, uh, might look like and feel like a stable, I almost put an adjective on it, stinky. That's pulpit appropriate, amen? (laughs) But he's willing to be born in you. Oh, Lord, help us. 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, watch this word. Then Solomon spoke, the Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. We need to build him a house to live in. Psalm 71 and verse 3, Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. Psalms 26 and verse 8, Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwells. That's where I want to be. Wow. The Jews had an interesting custom at Passover. The family would all get together and there would always be a chair that would be set out in a place of honor. And they always left the chair empty. No one was allowed to sit in the chair. And the family would gather around the table, and there would be an empty chair at the table. And they would go through the motion. They would eat the lamb, and they would do all the Passover festivities. And all. And then, you know, sooner or later, one of the kids will say, Why is no one sitting? Who are we missing here? I mean, if there's an empty chair, that means we're expecting somebody. If you're expecting eight, how many chairs do you put out? Nine? <laughs> eight was the number I was looking for, but I... <laughs> I mean, you never know who that ninth one is. I mean, let's... you invited eight, you put eight chairs out. But, but if one was empty, then everyone just assumes that somebody didn't show up. That chair was for Elijah because Elijah's coming. Elijah was the forerunner of Jesus. The spirit of Elijah is on the planet now. The spirit of Jezebel is operating on the planet now. Come on. There are increased tensions between the righteous and the unrighteous. They're trying to cancel us, trying to make us uh, totally uh, oblivious to anything going on in this planet. We're not needed. We need, they need to get rid of us. We're holding things back. Boy, if they only knew how much we were holding things back. <laughs> we really are holding things back. 
The prayers of the saints are holding back a holocaust of demonic powers. Amen. That will sweep across this planet once he takes his church out. My Lord, I wouldn't want to live on this planet when the church is gone. Hallelujah. You know, everything bad that's happening in the planet, they blame us. That's crazy. No, we're the ones that are keeping the bad, the dark, from overtaking this planet. It's time we pray like we've never prayed before. We need to clear out the clutter and get us a chair and leave it empty and say, this is for the presence. This is for what God wants to do. This is for the visitation and the habitation of God. In our lives, there should be an Elijah chair in every home. If not an actual chair, are you getting the picture? We need to clear out the clutter and make room for Jesus. Worship team, come on. That's a short, simple message, but how many know it's totally life transforming? makes all the difference in the world because I'm doing what Jesus told me to do. I don't know what he told you to do, but he told me to make disciples. He didn't tell me to get head counts. He said, make disciples. And the only way to be a disciple is to clear out the clutter. I, I don't know about you. For me, clutter is like to me, clutter is noise. That's the only way I know how to describe it. It's like a racket. I, I, it's hard for me to relax when there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> there are certain rooms in our house. They're mine. I'm not a neat freak. You know, I don't have any, I'm not ADD or whatever it's called. But I do kind of like to have a space where everything's kind of where it should be. And when it's not, that's, that's like noise to me. It's like someone cranked the volume and you're like, ah, turn it down. That's what clutter. And I believe that's what clutter is like to God. It's just white noise. It's, it's just, shh, ah. And it's time we shut that down. Get quiet before God. Get quiet before God. I, I don't know how to tell you to do this because clutter can be so many different things. But you have got to find a way to say bye-bye, clutter. See you later. Get rid of it. Hi, this is Misty, Administrative Assistant to Dr. Bruce Phillippe. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you for taking the time to listen to today's sermon, Making Space. You can listen to previous sermons on our website at journeylifecenter.org. Do you know what you were doing 40 years ago? 
Some may have just graduated or gotten married, turned 18, and some may have not even been born yet. But Pastor and Gloria Philippi were heading to Mansfield with a brand new baby girl to embark on a new journey as pastors of a little church on Belmont Avenue. The last 40 years have been filled with ups and downs, tears of sorrow and tears of joy. But together, they have led our church family to what it is today. We will be honoring the Philippines the weekend of March 12th through the 13th. You can visit our website or our Facebook page for details. Thank you and have a blessed day.